Welcome to the Radical Truth Podcast. I am your host, Glenn Meldrum, and this podcast is brought to you by In His Presence Ministries. Visit us on the web at www.ihpministry.com. Merry Christmas. I'm just going to give a short Christmas devotion for this lesson. We will be back to our study of the book of Acts at the first of the year. I want to look at verses 32 and 33 of the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. The first chapter of Luke is filled with the Christmas story, the real story, not a bunch of myth and nonsense that obscures the infinite value of this historical earth-shaking event. To help me share what's on my heart, I want to first read verses 26 through 31 that sets the stage for this divine story. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. We see in these verses how the Lord sent the angel Gabriel to a godly young woman named Mary, who was engaged to be married to a godly young man named Joseph, who would become the adopted father of Jesus. Quite understandably, Mary was shaken by the angelic visitation and was greatly troubled by what the angel told her. I can't imagine that it would have been otherwise. Though she was engaged to Joseph, they lived in sexual purity, so they were both virgins. Gabriel told Mary that she was going to be with child, which was something that would have seriously disturbed her given that she was sexually pure. Yet the angel brought comfort to her by telling her in the following verses how this miraculous conception would take place without Mary ever defiling her sexual purity. This means that she remained a virgin because she became pregnant through a miracle. After Gabriel told Mary that she was highly favored because of her pure devotion to God, he shared with her some interesting facts about the baby that would be supernaturally placed within her womb. And we see this in verses 32 and 33. Gabriel said, He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. There are five facts about the baby that Mary would carry and give birth to that reveal the nature of this child to at least a limited degree. First, he will be great. But what does that mean? Well, we aren't directly told other than that his greatness is outlined in the four following points. His greatness directly refers to the greatness Jesus owns as God incarnate. He will also be great according to his humanity, and this would include everything that he would say and do while he walked this planet. His greatness, as to his divinity, is as great as the God that he is. And this is alluded to in the second fact, which is that he will be called the Son of the Most High. There was no way that Mary could understand what it meant that Jesus would be called the Son of the Most High. The Most High is clearly a reference to God, so it means that Jesus would be the Son of God. 
At this stage in the story, Mary couldn't fathom how God could become human. But we are told elsewhere that Mary kept all these truths in her heart and pondered them as time went on. That Jesus is the Son of God makes it clear to Mary that Joseph wasn't the natural father of Jesus, which is something she knew because of her purity. But she needed to remember this fact all the days of her life about the origin of Jesus. Third, the Lord himself will give his son the throne of his earthly father, King David. That Jesus, as to his earthly lineage, was called the son of David was a common way of talking in that day and culture. Jesus was of the lineage of King David, both through Mary, who was his natural mother, and through Joseph, who was his adopted father. Jesus was the rightful heir of the throne of King David, yet he wouldn't fight to gain the rule over the nation. There's a time coming when all titles and thrones will be returned to their rightful owner. The fourth point is that Jesus will reign over the house of Jacob, which means that he will rule over all of Israel, not part of it. And finally, Jesus will rule over his kingdom forever and ever. This speaks of his eternity, along with his being the Son of God. The point I want to concentrate on for a couple of minutes is that Jesus is the king of a kingdom that will never end. If Mary really understood who the baby was that was conceived supernaturally in her womb, she may have been overwhelmed or maybe even immobilized. Think of that for a moment and try to make it as personal as you can. Imagine an angel comes to you and says that you will supernaturally conceive a child and that child will be God Almighty in flesh and blood. Or put yourself in Joseph's sandals and find that you are going to have to be the adopted father of God incarnate. That would be overwhelming. In either case, the Creator God is coming down to you in such a way that you must care for this little baby all the way through his adulthood. What is the meaning of his coming into the world? We know that it is to save his people from their sins. How would this be done, and why would the Lord pick two obscure people to be the parents of Messiah? The full answer to this is beyond human understanding, so Joseph and Mary would have to live a life of faith and fear God to accomplish the divine will. Neither Joseph or Mary were the monarchs of Israel, so it must have been hard for them to comprehend how Jesus could reign over the nation. Here's where we must let the message become personal to us. Gabriel said that Jesus is the Son of the Most High God and that He is the Eternal King, not only of Israel, but of all creation. What will we do with this King? For we must all stand before Him and give an account of our lives, how we lived and what we did with Him through our life. Did we bow to His rule over us or fight against Him? The eternity of every person depends upon how they will answer the King of Kings on their judgment day. In God's presence, only absolute truth will be spoken and made manifest. There can be no lies or deception there. No excuses will be accepted. Did you own Jesus as your Lord and Savior while on earth? Or were you like the religious elite that rejected Messiah and schemed and labored against Him to have Him crucified because you were His enemy? Or maybe you will be more closely resembled to the pagan Romans who were the ones who literally executed Jesus. Pilate, the Roman governor that ordered Jesus to be crucified, asked him if he was a king, and Jesus clearly told him that he was. So Pilate knew that he was having a king crucified. 
Jesus is Lord and King, whether we like it or not, whether we serve him or not, for nothing will ever change this absolute fact about God. There are only two ways of dealing with Jesus. Either we bow to his rule as the King of Kings, or we fight against him as the King of Kings. Either way, we must deal with him as the King that he is. We will either love and adore him or reject him as a rightful king and fight against him as a traitor or an enemy combatant. But we will have to answer to him as our king. God came to us as a sweet, innocent baby lying in a manger so that anyone and everyone could know that he is approachable. And in his ministry years, he showed himself loving and compassionate so that everyone could go to him in their despicable condition and their desperate need. He will redeem, heal, and save all who truly come to him. We know that Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. The day isn't what's important. What we do with him is, though. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, we are told, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. These wise men made the choice to seek after the greatest king there has ever been or ever could be. Roughly 33 years later, Pilate asked the people of Israel in Mark chapter 15, verse 12, What shall I do then with the one you call king of the Jews? Pilate rejected his rightful king before he even had him crucified. Either you will be a seeker after God like the wise men, or you'll be his murderer because you refuse to have him reign over you. He is calling to you, pleading with you to run home to him and to know his wonderful love and salvation. He is your rightful king, and his rule over his people is always good, and it will be good throughout all eternity. Jesus is the reason for the season, no matter what the world says. And he is king of kings and lord of lords, no matter what they do with him. He will reign forever and ever. Thank you for listening to The Radical Truth with your host, Glenn Meldrum. We at In His Presence Ministries pray that this weekly podcast will be a blessing to you. Please tell others about it and subscribe yourself to this free podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.ihpministry. See you again next time, and may God richly bless you as you seek Him in spirit and in truth. And thirst no more, so come wash in the river, come drink your fill. Let healing waters bear away your gift. Show.